You may be seated in the presence of God. I just got a few things that I need to share this this month. Uh, we're beginning to shift our focus in preparation. Um, some of you may know, some of you may not know that we are uh, on a three-year journey this year, next year, and into 2020. We are uh, pursuing a vision that God has given me, given this church, uh, to do some kingdom work here in our area. Uh, and as we are preparing for that, we kind of started this year off talking about dreaming big and not just um, going for regular stuff, but believing God for big things. Uh, and in that, in that vein, um, I, I want to launch into this series this month. Uh, I'm calling it the Seeing Clearly and Focused on Solutions series. Because that's really what the vision that God has given me for this church and for this, uh, this area. That the people of God need to have a clear vision and a clear focus. Not only of Him, but also what the needs are. Um, and so the, these next couple of Sundays are going to be a little different approach to how we do what we do. Um, I want to give you information on how we will proceed forward and where we are and where we're going. Uh, it's kind of a... You know, if, if, if this was the, the way that the government worked, this would be the State of the Kingdom address um, today, just kind of sharing uh, with this 2020 vision uh, where we are and where we're going. Uh, some of you might recall that as we talked about this 2020 vision, we talked about it in three phases. Uh, this year, 2018, kind of encapsulates that phase one. Uh, where we're, we had some specific goals that we were going after, some things that we wanted to do to stabilize the foundation for some future ventures of where God would have us to go. And so some of those goals that we had for this first phase was our 12 for 12 giving initiative that we asked those who were tithers, instead of doing 10%, that they would prayerfully consider tithing 12%. And that's aside from regular offerings and love offerings and that kind of stuff that you would have a commitment to not just do 10 but do 12. Well, if you weren't a tither, this would be a good time to start. Start at 2%. That everybody was supposed to raise their commitment in what they gave regularly to, by 2%. And so uh, that's that 12 for 12 giving initiative that we, that we were, was one of our goals for this first year. Uh, also, one of the things that we wanted to do with that 12 for 12 was we wanted to be able to save a three-month cash reserve. Because some of us know all you need is one good hurricane to put you out of business. But how would we be able to continue to go after and pursue the kingdom's advancement and what the kingdom desires to be if something like that ever hit? And so we wanted to plan ahead. Uh, it's, it's a shame that uh, they, they say that Aretha Franklin was worth $60 million when she passed, but she has no will. And the interesting thing is whenever one of the, a singer like that dies, because everybody's interest in their music happens and everybody starts buying their music, their value usually doubles. So by the end of next week, she probably is going to be worth $120 million. But because there was no plan for the future, we don't know where that's going to go. We don't want to be those kind of people. We can't represent a God who thinks long term and we don't save. Amen. So one of our goals was to be thinking about saving up a, a 
three-month cash reserve, and we've gotten to the point, uh, I'll get to that in just a second, we've gotten to the point that we're now able to look at some long-term investments and saving things in order to get us to that point that no matter what happens, we'll be able to pay bills for the next three months, okay? Uh, one of the other things that was a, a goal for this phase was to begin the construction and the renovations to the building so that we could accommodate a daycare that would be operating in and through Refuge Church. And I can tell you that that has been a three-year fight ever since we've been in this building. And that fight has intensified to the point that we've been going back and forth between the we can't purchase the building because the landlord hadn't done the 40 years recertification. Well, the recertification couldn't be done because they had a change of the name of the trustees. And so we've been going back and forth with the county. I just got a text last week saying that the county has finally certified whoever the new power of attorney and trustee is for them. So not only can we move forward with going to the denomination about purchasing the building, but we can also now move forward with pulling permits to begin this construction process. Uh, and, and that we really intended to have the construction done by the start of the school year. But because of all of this foolishness, we, we don't know how that's kind of set us in terms of the daycare itself and, and where uh, Sister Jackson and her daycare will be. But we're soon at the point where we're going to begin that process. So there may be a couple of Sundays where you come in where we're going to have signs up. Please pardon our dust. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. They have to add a, a full a grown person shower to the children's area. I, I'm not sure why. If you have children, you need an adult shower. And you can't just have an eye wash station or I don't know why that law came into effect, but the law came into effect. Uh, it applies to us, and so we've got to do that. The way that's going to happen is it's going to effectively cut off more than half of our nursery space. So we're going to have to go back and redo uh, some of the space in our, um, in our, our, our children's area and readjust some space there so that we can have the nursery, we can have children, and we can have the shower, and they can have their office. And so uh, you, you'll be seeing some of that information as we move forward. Um, and so those were, those were our goals for this first phase. And, and I can report that as of Friday, which was the 34, 31st, we have uh, $104,072 in just our operational accounts that we're sitting on right a little over $100,000, which will allow us that first $25,000 to begin our three-month savings aspects and still be able to operate on a normal basis. We also have about $3,400 in a, another account that we set up for emergencies that may happen along the way, and we have a little under $3,900 in capital expenses. That's way whenever we need to do something in terms of the building or equipment or stuff breaks down that we have almost $3,900 in that account to do that as well. So you need to know that your giving and your consistency in giving is it's being accounted for. Uh, one of the things that happened that when uh, Minister Kay uh, moved along and, and the opportunities that God had for her in Toronto, uh, what happened was I asked uh, three individuals to kind of share uh, some of those responsibilities so that um, we, we have accountability in every aspect. And so Sister Nishka stepped in, and she stepped up her role as our day-to-day -day administrator and what happens there. Her husband, Deacon Delvin Donovan, who has 
massive amounts of experience in understanding how nonprofits ought to work, as well as some other special skills. He has stepped in as our director of operations, and he makes sure that we stay on budget and on task with all the things that need to be done. And then Brother Kalen Bowles doesn't just know how to play the sax, but he also has degrees in accounting, and he has stepped in, and he helps us with budget oversight and signing off on all those things so that no one person can spend God's money. Amen. And so because of those three individuals and them, them keeping things uh, 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 on task uh, with the, the monthly budget that we've set and what things need to be, we were at the point at the beginning of this year that we were operating a little under uh, $50,000 in our operational account. But because of them watching what's been going on and doing what they need to do and because of your giving, we now have doubled that in less than four months. So financially, I need you to know where we are. But also in terms of ministry, uh, there's some exciting things that, that have happened. In 2017, our weekly uh, average attendance was about 241 folks that we would see between the two services every week. In 2018, that attendance number is 248. That we've increased a little bit, not by much, but we, we've increased in that sense. Uh, we have added this year, year to date, 34 new partners. Uh, who have joined this ministry, who have been a part of what's going on. So God is adding to the church daily those that he wants. Uh, in 2018, year to date, we have baptized at least 10 individuals who have submitted themselves to believers' baptism or to rededicating their lives. And I think we have about four or five more set for the end of this month. Uh, one of the other things that I'm excited about is that our participation in community groups, the little small groups that we've had. We've had over 55 people who've been involved in those community groups and various different groups. And that means there's 55 people who've committed themselves to relationship and to discipleship and to fellowship. And it's having all kinds of uh, impact on marriages, on stuff that's being done in the community, even outside of our outreach stuff. There's community groups that are doing some amazing things. Uh, and so I'm excited about those 55 people because here's the truth of the matter. Our job isn't to have good church. Our job is to make disciples. And when people take that step of commitment to be involved at that level, it means we are fulfilling the Great Commission. I'm also excited in the fact that in our next steps classes, uh, we've had at least 50 people who have signed up and been a part of one aspect or of another of one of those next steps classes, which means Sunday isn't just enough. They want to go deeper, and 50 folks who are part of this fellowship are involved in those next steps classes. So God has been doing some amazing things. God's been doing some good things. God has been showing himself strong. You have been committed. You've been taking part. You see the opportunities that are there. And I want to bless God for you for seeing that this church has something to offer your spiritual growth and your spiritual life. And you are investing your time, your energy, your money, your gifts, and your talents to advancing the kingdom of God. Now, having said that, um, look, look with me at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Um, Matthew 7, 21, 22, and 23 scared the bejesus out of me. 
was another word that I could have used, but it's church. Um, it's in red in my Bible. It means Jesus said it. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. My spiritual father, Bishop Eddie Long, used to say this all the time uh, in reference to the same passage of Scripture. Uh, he used to say, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding at the wrong thing. If I understand this passage of Scripture correctly, what we evaluate as powerful church isn't always the same thing that Jesus evaluates. That what we determine is good and useful and effective and man, didn't the Spirit of God move today just because it looked like the Spirit of God moved doesn't mean that God's will was actually done. I don't want to be able to stand before God one day and give him that same report that I just gave y'all and he says none of that was anything that I was interested in. Because here's the truth. The church is not the only aspect of the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God is bigger and broader and more vast than who we see sitting in the seats when we come in here on Sunday or on Wednesday. And who's to say that what we think was amazing might be we have missed God. That because we were after good church and the feels and, and what happened and I received my word and the prophetic that was done in my life and I got my deliverance, what if he was after something completely different outside of these four walls? And we won't know it completely until judgment day. We can be great and successful and effective at everything that's wrong. These verses keep me awake at night. That while some people want to build major churches and major ministries, if I understand what Jesus says here, I've got to have my eyes focused on more than just what happens when we come together for worship. What drives this 2020 vision is not just for Refuge Church. It's to be able to stand before God one day and know that what we did and what we participated in and what we gave to and what we prayed for was actually doing the will of the Father. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick to death. Now listen, I can say this because I've been in church literally all my life. 
the only job I've had as an adult since I turned 21, the only job that I've had that was not a church position was one year when I taught at a Christian school. This is all I've done. But what if what we think of as church is not on the heart of God? I was kind of watching um, some of the reports on black Twitter. during Aretha's homegoing service and the way especially my generation and younger excoriated Jasper Williams for his eulogy and his, his remarks and his viewpoint. And many of them said, it's stuff like that is the reason why I won't go to church. I think we're at the point where folk are not going to buy what we sell just because we put the name church on it. I think what we've got to be about is the kingdom of God. If you look at Matthew 7, 21 through 23, what Jesus talks about is all in the context of kingdom life and kingdom operation. He talks about the fact that many who claim that name doesn't mean that they're actually involved in and entering into the kingdom of God. That, watch this, it's not the right vocabulary. I can take any person off the street and teach them church. I, I can show you how to make the little stank face. I can show you when to lift hands. I, I can even show you how to say amen so it sounds super spiritual. Amen. Show you how to lift holy hands and when to sprinkle it. I can teach you how to pray so that folks think you're so spiritual. And your heart can be rotten on the inside. It's not about the right way that you do it. It's not about the talk. It's not about the vocabulary. It's not about the stuff that we think. He says it's all about those who actually do the will of my father. Why didn't he say those who do the word of my father? Why didn't he say do the way of my father? He specifically said that it's only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven who will enter in and be a part of and participate in the kingdom of God. Because watch this. The will of God has to do what's on his heart. What's on God's heart? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Watch this. He cares more about heathen than how many we have sitting in church. And just because you know how to say the right stuff and do the right stuff and you show up every so often, I can, let me just, 
I made this testimony on Wednesday night. I'm going to go ahead and testify right here in church, too. Uh, last weekend, we were helping Brazier move into her dorm room, and we got all that stuff done last weekend. And then uh, uh, Aria and Lex and I got a flight, and we came back to Miami. And we got here in time to make it to the second service. But it wasn't nothing in me that motivated me to come to church. So we stayed at home. And now I get why some of y'all skip Sundays. I get it. I ain't mad at you. It's wonderful. I understand. We right here. I know. I, listen. That, having an alarm clock go off on a Sunday and go through all the gyrations and motions that you do to get to work to come to church. I get it. But notice all of that stuff that we do. What if in all of that we're missing the will of God? I also recognize in verse 22 that it's not about flashy ministry. Because he says, many will say, Lord, we prophesied in your name. And we cast demons out in your name. And miracles were done in your name. I mean, listen, if you came to church, you came to refuge, and we slaying dragons that day, and the spirit's real high, and folks running around, and somebody comes in on some crutches and dances out the door. By the time they get hands laid on, you would get on Facebook, you would get on Twitter, girl, we had church today. And watch, watch how in verse 22, whoever this is on Judgment Day is really categorizing and cataloging all of the major stuff that, that is so impressive to flesh. I had somebody leave church this year because we don't, we don't cast out enough demons. Well, number one, if you've ever been involved in seeing people delivered from demons, that's not something you want to just do all the time. I mean, maybe you haven't seen it, but I've been a part of it enough to know that you, when that happens, you got to worry about everybody else because Jesus said when a demon comes out of somebody, it's looking for somebody else to go into. So I might be delivering you but causing another problem for somebody else. Well, yeah, it's, it's not enough of the supernatural in here. This ain't supernatural enough. Because if I understand Jesus, all the stuff that impresses you doesn't impress him. Notice they even say, we, we perform these miracles in your name. That, that, that whole idea has to deal with those who act as representatives for God and claiming his authority. But you need to know that it's possible to prophesy and exercise demons and perform miracles in his name and don't know it. There, there's a story in Acts where these one guys are trying to cast demons out of somebody and the demon talked back. And he said, now you using the name of Jesus. Now, now Paul we know and Jesus we definitely know, but who the heck are you?
Just because it looks flashy and it feels meaningful and it looks amazing to you, it may not move Jesus. Because he's looking at hearts. He's looking for those who are in lockstep with what he cares about. And if all we do, watch this, is prophesy and cast out demons and see miracles happen in here and it never flows out into the street, we will have missed the heart of God. Just a little, just a little research um, uh, 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 homework assignment. Go through the Gospels and see how many times Jesus performed miracles in the synagogue. And how many happened outside in the street. Ministry that's considered great by our standards might be considered lawlessness by his standards. Because he says, verse 23, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. The, the word lawlessness is the word for, for law, not namas, with an A or a negative negating it in front of it. In other words, it's those who live as if there is no God law. Who live as if they are above the rules. So watch this. You can be elected as a law and order president, but be lawless by how you act. But he says, you're operating in this stuff in power in the church. But you actually live as if there is no law that applies to you. Which means for refuge. The vision that God has given me, yes, is for an amazing fellowship of believers where the word is taught, where there is this environment where it's a safe place of hugging and loving on people and seeing the word of God and the fellowship and, and the atmosphere and the worship change people's hearts, minds, and lives. But that can't be it. If we are going to be kingdom-minded, we can't continue to do things the way that we've been doing them and assume that we're in lockstep with God's heart. When God's heart is for the, le the least, the left out, and the lost. And so over this next month, I want to talk about what we have to do to see him clearly. Not, not, not based upon our churchanity. But see him for who he is as the king of a kingdom. So that the kind of ministry we actually do brings a focus of real solutions on our community. People are dying in the streets for real stuff. They're tired of politicians promising things. They're tired of seeing the church show up for a day and then leave. They want to see somebody who will bring real solutions to real problems. And have a clear focus on how to get to where they need to be. 
and I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven having be, being able to say, I cared about what you cared about. And yet we, we had good church and we did some stuff, but we left a mark with clear solutions for our community. And so I know somebody said, well, Pastor, you, you didn't put a message on, on this, the title on this message. Here it is. This is a clear focus for the 2020 vision. We can't be worried about just what happens at refuge. We have to care about the community that he intentionally and sovereignly planted us in. We have to do the things that will leave marks Monday through Saturday, not just when we come together on Sunday. So I need to warn you, if you stay at refuge, you need to understand we're a different kind of church. We like having good church, but that's not all we're here for. God didn't go through all that he went through to make you find his son. To reach way down and grab some of us. To save us, to put his spirit in us, to give us gifts and talents and skills and experience just to practice on each other. Some of us, he saved from some chemicals so that we can know how to help. Look people in the eye who have a chemical dependency issue and say, let me show you the way out. He took some of us through divorce so that we can show people instead of getting bitter, this is how you get better. He took some of us through all of the heartache and the drama that he took us through so that we wouldn't be afraid to say, look to Jesus and Jesus alone. So listen, that, that's the heart of the 2020 vision. Seeing clearly, focused on solutions. And over this next month, I want to share with you my heart, which I believe is God's heart, for what we will accomplish in this 2020 vision over the next three years and the years to come that will make sure when we stand before God on judgment day as individuals, we won't have to hear, get away from me. Because I don't know you like that. We have to use the time we've been given to make a kingdom impact, not just a church impact. Listen, it's churches on every corner. Churches are, are like check cashing places. You know, every corner. You can find them everywhere in the hood. Have you ever noticed how many check cashing places and churches there are in the hood and yet there's no prosperity and there's no way out? Do we want the world to think of the church like they think about the check cashing place? Use only in emergencies but they can't help you prosper? I don't know about you but I don't want to hear after all of this, why, why live through hell on earth and have to go to hell in the end? People are hurting. 
children are dying. People are confused. People don't have hope anymore. And we know Jesus. But we're more impressed with church. Than we are with seeing people find real solutions. Sister Janine and I were in a meeting on Friday. People with literally millions of dollars are looking for a place to funnel it for somebody who's got real solutions. God has connected you to this church. If, if, you're, if you're a partner, if you're a regular attender, he has connected you to this church to give you a destiny past just what happens on Sunday or Wednesday. He's called you and made you and saved you to be a game changer. And he connected you with a church that wants more than just to do church. But we want to be the church. We want to be that place that offers people and ushers people into a real kingdom experience. So this vision, as we talk about it over the next few weeks, I'm going to walk you through what this is going to look like. I'm going to walk you through the sovereign timing of God. I'm going to walk you through what it's going to cost. You know, you never want to go to the doctor. And the doctor say, well, we're going to take, I'm going to take you through this surgery and, and we're going we're gonna to get you better. But they don't tell you what it's going to take to do the surgery, to recover, how many medicines you got to be on after the surgery. Unless they tell you what's involved, you don't want to sign up. I love the fact that Jesus says, I'm going to give you every detail about what it's going to cost. Then I'm going to let you make the decision. He's not going to force us, but he's going to inform us. And you've, you and I have to make the decision. Will we be satisfied with church? Or will we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his will, his laws, knowing that when we do that, he'll add all the things that we need. Every head bowed. Father, forgive us. Some of us, myself included, we love the church so much we sometimes forget who the church is supposed to be. And right on the weekend where folks from the outside had an inside look at some of the faults and failures of the church. This same weekend, where we're off on Labor Day, you're calling us to be co-laborers with you for your kingdom. Lord, I declare that I want your complete will, not just my way. It costs you too much to save us to waste that value on impressing each other. 
So, Lord, over this next month and a half, call us up to another level of commitment. Call us up to another level of sacrifice. Give us a long-range view of your kingdom. You've called us to be a different kind of church. You've called us to be a, us a unique and peculiar people. You've given us the job of calling people out of darkness into the marvelous light with real solutions. So Spirit of the living God, help us to see the Father more clearly. To love him more dearly. To follow Jesus more nearly. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Right here on earth. Right here in refuge. Right here through refuge to Homestead. To Florida City. To Narantia. To Princeton. To Goulds. To wherever you take us. As it already is in heaven. Oh God, we recognize that it's not failure that is the sin. It's low aim. Make us worthy for this worthy cause of your kingdom. Lord, sometimes we feel inadequate because of our sins, because of our faults and our failures. Thank you that you provided for all of that through Jesus Christ. Sometimes we feel like we don't have what we need, but you've already provided for that by giving us your Holy Spirit. Help us not to live as those who practice lawlessness, but as those who do your will for your kingdom's sake. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.